Welcome back to the show. If you had joined us for the pre-show, then you got to hear some of our little banter back and forth. For those who are just tuning in, this is Casting Nuts Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Pastor Will Harley. I am joined here by the magnanimous and always gregorious Pastor Dave Rudat. Yeah, it's great to be here. You know, I discovered something new today. I discovered the color of the wind. You know how that song in Pocahontas about the colors of the wind? I know what the color of the wind is. And it is blue. <laughs> we'll give him that one. <laughs> All right. <Yeah. laughs> Validation. I'm not used to that. I'm used to the roads. I mean, your face. Said it all. So my I face got, did I, say I, it all, <laughs> didn't it? Didn't it? Yeah. No, that was actually not the worst I've heard. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm assuming we can expect more at some point. Oh yeah, throughout. I have a lot. I've got a couple of sheep ones. So we're talking about sheep and goats today. So I'll see if I can work them in somehow. Well, there you go. Uh, and so yeah, we are talking about sheep and goats today. We are uh, welcome to the show. Of course, um, this is Casting Nets podcast. It is a, a podcast about real life living faith. Um, so we are two pastors. We are having a conversation. This is not the end of the conversation. It's just the beginning. If you would like to uh, catch up with us, talk with us, you can find us at our congregations here um, my congregation is St. John in Maribel, Wisconsin. If you want to go to what we would like to call our northern campus, you can visit with Pastor Rudat at Emanuel in Shirley, Wisconsin. Shirley, the place you have never heard of before. No, Shirley, you've heard of Shirley. Shirley, you've heard of it? Surely yeah, I have you know not. <laughs> but Shirley, once you, know you have heard there. of it, you want to be there. That is, It is a beautiful Shirley, place. Um, and so we, we do welcome you to join us there for... Uh, uh, worship on Sunday, as well as answering any questions that you may have had. Um, as we do go through the show, there may some be some things that we say that can offend you. Um, it can be triggered. Uh, so this is a, your preemptive trigger warning that there may be some things that we say that will get you kind of worked up. If that is the case, it is not our intent to upset you. It's not our intent to offend you. Um, it is just our intent to talk and, and sort of work these things through um, from the scriptures with you. So Pause it, settle down, fast forward a little bit till we get beyond whatever has made you upset. Um, go to something else that we have done and uh, listen to that and then come back after you're, you're in a different place in your, your psyche and in your mind. Um, but if it is bothering you so much by something we said, like I said, contact us um, through our Facebook page, Casting Nets at, on Facebook, um, or through our, our email, castingnetspod at gmail.com. Or talk to us in person. Uh, anything else I'm missing? Well, and if you like what you are listening to or watching, uh, we encourage you to give us a good review, like a four-star review. Don't give us a five-star review. Only, 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 only give us a five-star review if you want Pastor Harley's head to get a little bit bigger. Uh, my head, if you see a, f if I see a five-star review, I'm just going to have to pass it right by because it, any more uh, validations like that, my head's going to explode. It's so big already. But if uh, you like what we what we you are listening to, give us four stars, five stars. If you are watching us on YouTube, make sure to to click the little bell on the bottom uh, so that you get notified when these shows come up. Because we are moving to a system where we have the pre-show on Facebook, but then everything else will be on YouTube and right at specific moments. So we're not doing the events uh, that usually have happened in the past. If that makes any sense in your technical knowledge, then I explained it. If it doesn't make any sense, it's because I didn't explain it clearly. But It was over our head. Over our head. <laughs> <laughs> over, <laughs> over my head, which is a, a feat in, a, in and of itself. It is. And so, anyway, um, so our today we're talking about lambs and the surprise of the lambs and the sheep and lambs and Matthew chapter 25. Yes, and so before we do that, let us uh, have some pre-show music. Oh, 
welcome back to the show. We do have an opportunity to sort of go through and discuss Matthew chapter 25, starting at verse 31. Um, I can throw that up here in not so long, and then we'll have an opportunity to read through it. Um, this is a uh, coming right off the parable of the talents, right? So we're, we're coming right off of... Um, Jesus, he's he's just had a whole string of parables. Uh, in chapter 24, he has talked about the destruction of Jerusalem. Um, he's he's on this kick of the end of the world. What's going to happen as the world comes to its end, um, and the Lord is going to come back and reign um, and recreate everything as as He desires it to be. Um, and so we're we're sort of on that line. We're we're focusing on the end times here. Um, and we're focusing on some of those those things that deal with the end times. So jumping into our words for today, um, do we want to break it up? Probably uh, go 31 through 36, and then and then we'll go from there. Kind of break it up a, just a, a little bit sure. here. Uh, so starting at uh, Matthew chapter 25, verse 31, um, when the Son of Man comes in His glory, and the angels with Him. He will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will gather in his presence, and he will separate them one from another. As shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was lacking clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. So right out of the gates, we are informed that this uh, trial that's going to happen where we're brought before the throne of God, the outcome has already been decided. There are no lawyers in this setting. It is all going to be, the outcome is already there. The sheep have been divided on one side, the goats on the other, the believers on Jesus' right, the unbelievers are on his left. There, it is more of a declaration than a courtroom to look at evidence and then make a verdict. The verdict has already been made. Uh, and as, as long as we're talking about sheep, you know what sound sheep make in Star Wars? The sheep in Star Wars, you know what sound they make? No. They go ba. I think you're taking this uh, um, way too seriously for, <laughs> for what we're trying to do. Well, anyway, sorry. So going back to... Uh, <laughs> Actually, I'm not sorry because it was a good joke. <laughs> it was a good joke. Oh, so, yes. Yeah. So anyway, so right out of the gates, we know it is not about um, making your case. So if you think you, uh, at the end of all things you can make your case at why you should be in heaven, this is all something that's determined beforehand, and uh, that is the the point of the of this whole parable is why are the individual sheep and why are they goats and the surprising, scandalous nature of how this comes to be. Well, yeah, and, and I like how you, you know, one of the things I think we forget about sometimes in, in Scripture is because we, we believe in PR, I think, a lot <laughs> in the world today. You know, uh, what is the perception that people have of us and, and how we can make it look better? And and when everything is boiled down and, and what makes us the scandalous nature, um, like you said, is there's no amount of PR that you're going to be able to put into your defense. They're, they're, you're, you're not going to be able to point to it and say, look at what I did. Look at how I've done. Look at look at this. Look at that. Look at my intent here. Um, it's all going to be, this is, this is somebody over you who has said, this is how it's going to be, and this is where my, this is my, my measuring stick that I'm using to, to measure uh, where you are. And so he does, he takes, um, he, he comes and just like a shepherd would separate, I like how that is, um, he's going to separate just like a shepherd does, sheep from goats. Um, the sheep go on the right. Is there a significance to the right? I, I, I think there is, but what are you, what are you thinking with the, the significance to the right? Well, it's a position of honor when Jesus, but it is also a position of uh, um, 
of authority when Jesus talks about being at the right hand of the Father. He's talking about authority, but is that what's being talked about here more? Maybe it is more just a position of honor and respect that this is the good group, but I am. I, I kind of think, you know, um, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing, and and that was another one of, of Jesus' um, sayings, and, and I always enjoyed that when I was going through school days. You know, you always had the question, what is your left hand doing that you don't want your right hand to know? And uh, one of my professors said, uh, wiping yourself. Oh. <laughs> yes. And I'm thinking, and I'm sorry, I just come, I come into this as like, he's going to put the sheep on the right. <laughs> Clean. <laughs> and the goats on the, on on the, the left. left. Dirty. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, I... I I, I agree with you. It should be more, yes, it honor. is honor. <laughs> but, but that's the thing that goes through my head. I'm like, yeah, yeah, they're they're pooey. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and do we, isn't it also a, um, a temptation for individuals to think, well, we can uh, we can sneak under the rope to get to the other side. Like there's sure. like there's a possibility that I can, you know, I can sneak in that uh, uh, even if I'm put on the goat side, I can somehow make it over to the sheep side. Even if I'm on the dirty side, right? I can right. make it over to the clean side. Yeah, and, uh, we've got angels employed here, so the angels are doing God's bidding. They're not going to. You can't bribe the angels. You can't uh, sneak them anything that they would possibly want. They're going to follow out the directives of their of their king. Well, but not only that. I mean, you have a king who is omniscient. He knows everything. I mean, if you you look at a, I mean, this is this is not like like I don't have all the facts, and so maybe. Maybe I was wrong. No, this is this is a king who knows you better than you know yourself. He knows um, everything about you, everything that you have done, will do, and desired to do. Um, and so he makes this judgment call, and the judgment call that he makes is good. It is not a it's not a false judgment call. Um, and and when you boil it down, and, and which we're going to see later on in the parable, they recognize it too. That that he when he made that divide, they understand. Although they don't understand um, what they did to be divided on the side that they they were on, because they eventually did nothing. But it's the fact that that they know there's a difference. That they they can see that there's a, a drastic difference. Uh, moving on a little bit in into it, he he says so to. He, he doesn't really focus on the left right away. He's going to focus on them in a little bit. But he does focus on the people on the right, the, the, the sheep on the right. And he says some things that I just um, make take me back a little bit um, in creation. So he, he says to the, um, to the ones on his right, he says, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And, and that just, to me, is a beautiful statement because you go back into Genesis, you read the, the beginning chapters of Genesis, right? And you see God creating a world, right? From the, he, from the very foundations of a world, he's preparing for his people. He's preparing... Um, uh, you know, the, the, the way that time will work. He's preparing how light will work. He's preparing how the air will work. And, the, and the, the, just the, the fascination of how air is, is just a very unique type of substance. Um, and it can hold things, and yet you can see through it. it anyway, um, but he also is he's preparing water. He's preparing land. He's preparing plants and animals and birds. And, and then he goes, and, and, and outside of all of that creation in that entire beautiful world, he then prepares a... A, a more a, even a more beautiful garden right laid out for what will be the crown of his creation adam and eve a- and then all of a sudden jesus who who walked with adam and eve in the garden jesus who who was there with them when they fell and promised that he himself would come he now promises come and inherit what what i have prepared from the foundation what was originally meant to be yours we do see grace because God created this universe and this Garden of Eden for Adam and Eve. Why? Because that's who God is. We do see grace in there, but the, uh, it does take some individuals by surprise because Jesus does say it's by what you do. that You did all these things, and now you get to go into this place that uh, uh, I have 
uh, prepared for you, and it reminds us back to why is it that individuals get to heaven. It, it, we always we always shortcut it. We always go. We always uh, summarize God's plan of salvation in such a way that sometimes we forget the the entire long process. And Matthew twenty five reminds us that what is the entrance fee to get into heaven is perfection. That's what God is demanding of the human race. You be perfect, and then I'll, I'll shower down uh, grace and every blessing. I'll shower down all these things on you if you are perfect. And that is the, that's the announcement that Jesus makes. You are perfect, therefore you get to, to join us. And th- this is where the confusion lies in because the God's people, the, those on the right, are going to be saying, um, no, we aren't. We didn't, we, we didn't do enough to work. Uh, we didn't do by ourselves. Well, and I think that's that's the idea that they in. recognize that, right? The, so the idea that you have, and, and that comes up, you have this beautiful creation given back. You have a beautiful creation. This this what was intended for for God's people is now given to God's people. And as they look at this, and they and and then God gives to them, Jesus gives to them. What did they do? Well, when he was thirsty, they gave him something to drink. When he was a stranger, they welcomed him. When he was hungry, they they gave him food to eat. And when he was was without clothes, they clothed him. When he was in prison, they took care of him and, and visited him. And they're like, when did we do these things? I mean, that's going to be coming up, but, but, but you look at these things and he's saying, this is what you did. And Jesus is not even saying you did them or you had a choice to do them. He says, this is what you did. And, and the only thing I can equate that to, coming back to what I feel is one of the greatest, personally, some of my favorite words of Scripture, Ephesians chapter 2, 8 through 10, right? For it's by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by works that no one can boast. You are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works that God has placed in advance for you to walk in. How beautiful that, that you see when, what Jesus is going back to and saying, hey, those good things that um, I did because you're created in me, the good things that I've placed for you to walk in, you walked in them. You, you know that puddle? You walked in that puddle, but that puddle was a good thing to, you know, um, you couldn't get out of the way because because you were in me, um, and so they become yours. And this is a cool, this is a cool thing. It it, it is. I agree with everything you said. It's even greater than that. Imagine a little child who was baptized but then dies before they become an adult, and they would say they're standing there at judgment day saying, uh, "I never got a chance to do anything for anybody." Right. And and here Jesus says not only. Um, not only is he saying to Christians who uh, live their whole life it, doing the good works that God has, has uh, in- enabled them to do, and God credits them with a good work because they're done in faith. Not only that, but there is this whole, the, the perfection that God demands, that God gives to us because of what Christ has done, uh, that righteousness that he looks at those on his right and says, these are people who have done all these awesome things, even if they never had a chance to do them. Well, and I, and I think that... <coughs> They get to do these awesome things, but it's the, the the doing of the awesome things isn't what gets you into the door. It's it's the credit that God gave you that you did them. It's it's the fact that God God pre- presented you with those opportunities. God gave you that ability. Um, I I just had this conversation because we're we're dealing in Bible information class. We're dealing with with the the keys, and so we dealt with sin. We dealt with grace. We dealt with faith. We're dealing with good works. And, and this is the one we struggle with the most, right? In, in, in our Christian walk, we struggle with good works because um, good works are either things that I have done, now God must shine in our brain. We say, there are things that I have done, now God must be happy with me and give me favor. Or, or there is the opposite side that says, I can't do anything good because there's no good that is within me, and so how can I do anything good? So why should I even try? Because nothing will be perfect. And, and the one is completely and utterly wrong, which is just because you do something good, and we'll put that in quotes, doesn't mean God should do anything for you because you didn't do everything God asked you to do to begin with, which is be perfect like you had said before. On the flip side... Yeah, I, everything that I do is tainted with sin. That's true. But God has motivated me. God has given to me gifts. God has enabled me and strengthened me and guided me and now placed it in front of me to do something. And even when I do it halfway or even when I do it um, something so meaningless as give a drink of water 
God says, well done, good and faithful servant. You did this for the least of these, now you, and you did it for me. It and is interesting how God's standard is so high and yet also at the same time so low. Like, so I'd be perfect, and then... And then low enough for me to make it. (laughs) No, that's not what I mean. But just uh, God looks at you, give somebody some water, and says, that's an awesome thing that you just did. And you say, well, what? Oh, come on. You know, but at the same time, he is saying, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. So the the standard is high, but yet also God gives... um, he acknowledges the good that he does in us to do to, to others, even the small yeah. things. And, and, and really it comes back down to the simple fact that, that really when it comes to being perfect, it doesn't rest on us. The perfection rests on, on Jesus. And the, the example, the reflection of that perfection is in the things that we get to do. Um, and that's, I think, I think that's something that we sometimes misconstrue in our, in our head is that, that we think I'm doing them, I'm doing them, I get credit. And it's only, it's only the reflection of the one who did it perfectly for us. And maybe we should go to and read some of the rest of the comments because we, we were sort of talking about, right? We're sort of talking about what the, the sheep have said. Um, and we haven't even gotten to the goats yet and, and their problem with the whole thing. Um, but the, the sheep have a problem too, Right. The, the, the sheep have a problem with the verdict that the Lord has has given to them. So uh, let's jump on into verse 37. Verse 37. So we'll scroll down here. There we go. <clears throat> then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you a drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you or lacking clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? The king will answer them, Amen, I tell you, just as you did it for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did it for me. We'll pause there. And uh, what do we have for their question, right? I mean, they look at it and they say, like you said, um, I, I don't I don't know when I did this these these good things when did I do these perfect things? Yeah, why is it that we have this amnesia for all the things that we have done? Is it perhaps because we recognize they are not in any way um, compare in comparison to what Christ has done for us? We're like, come on, Jesus, um, you did this much better than we did. You know, you were much better at loving others than we were. So when did we actually do anything that's worth any kind of compliment from you? Um, um, there's, there's that. There's also this side. There's this side of me that is uh, wondering if this is just Jesus giving us a script, and it's uh, one more uh, time for us to give a witness to those who will be in hell forever that God's way is right. Uh, if God, if Jesus gives us that script, this is what you are to say, and, and us to repeat it back and be reminded that Jesus is the reason why we're getting into heaven, not because of anything we have done. However, at the same time, we have to give a witness that the only way to get to heaven is through perfection. You have to be perfect. That's the sure. same standard. So the people in hell can't say, well, Jesus was just playing favorites. He just picked those people over there, and it, it's all Jesus' fault because I, I'm just as deserving as that guy over there. And uh, it's a reminder to those who are going to hell that the only way that you're going to get to heaven is to be perfect, and you aren't perfect. And even those who are going to heaven acknowledge that they are not perfect, that they needed a Savior. And so this is one more opportunity for us to make that confession. Lord, it's not that what we did that got us to heaven, but what you did for us. Well, yeah, and this actually becomes sort of the cosmic joke, right? <coughs> the cosmic joke is um, they're looking at him like, I, I don't remember doing those things. And <laughs> Jesus is like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> but I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did those things. I, I, I was the one that was in that. I was in that. I was in that. And, and you know, you almost see it coming. <laughs> you, you see the signs flashing, and it's like, okay, the only perfect person is Jesus. The only one that bent down to, to you know, uh, open up the eyes of the blind was Jesus. The only one that was to unstop the mute was Jesus. The only one who, who went in and interacted with the the um the leprous and the people who were dying and stood before the graves and called people out that was Jesus the only one who who truly did all of these things the way that we should every time we should have done it was Jesus and the cosmic joke is um he says 
you did it, even though I did it. <clears throat> and and the only thing I can think of is is going back to those, you know, every illustration limps, but you go back to that illustration of the little kid, right? You, he, he, he's so small, um, and I just remember it with my own son. He's so small, um, and uh, uh, can't hold on to a ball by himself, right? He, he can't hold on to the basketball, can't reach the basket at all. So what does the father do? He puts the ball into the son's hand, holds the ball in his son's hand, lifts the son up, right, puts him over the basket, takes his hand away, the ball drops into the basket, brings the son back down, sets the son on the floor, and uh, says, awesome job, boy. You did a great, that was the best basket I have ever seen in my life. What did the kid do? The kid did absolutely nothing. I mean, granted, he was there, but but he, he did absolutely nothing. The Lord took hold of him. The father took hold of him. The pa- father put the ball in his hands. The father brought him to the net. The father dropped the ball. And then the father gave him all the credit. And and you have this sort of being played out, I think. This is this is where yeah, I come in. I, I agree. I, I also just want to go back to that comment. I wonder if we do have a little bit of uh, amnesia about all the things that we do for the Lord uh, because of we are be constantly by the word of God being being reminded that we are not perfect and that all of the righteousness that we have in Christ, that we look at all of our things that we do and it's like, I tried to do this or I tried to do that, and then you recognize, man, I was a sinner that did that. And then you, you, you kind of you sweep it under the rug, like, oh, it wasn't that big of a deal. But then Jesus says, you know what, that was a big deal because it was the spirit of God in you that moved you to do something you didn't want to do. And that was an that was a miracle that you did not what your sinful nature wanted to do, but what the new person inside of you did. But but wouldn't that? And, and I'm not. And, and I'm not no, 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 and, no, said. but I'm no, but I'm wondering about. I'm going to follow this amnesia idea though, because it is intriguing to me. Because because Luther says that it is by God's grace that we do not know the total depravity to which we exist. Um, and it's a paraphrase, a very loose paraphrase of Luther, but but he says that it's that that's to God's grace too. If we really understood who we were as sinful people, like to the very depths of who we are as sinful people, we would be in sorrow and weeping, gnashing of teeth forever and ever and ever. And and so my my thought is is that uh, is that work the opposite way, like you say that that maybe it is to God's grace that we don't recognize all of the different ways God has worked through us to to do his his work within the world that that the the good things that that we have done are so downplayed by the Lord that they are so simple and they are so many and they do that as a humbling thing for us you know the father who who whose greatest work of of grace in the world is changing the diaper of his child because his child can't you think of that and you're like but but he couldn't there there's no connection of eternal reward there's no connection of of i'm doing this out of respect for my lord it it is just the connection of they need and so i do which is exactly the reflection of the image of god of the image of god and so maybe there is that that amnesia that goes through our head that god purposely places by his grace these so stupidly simple things that he looks at and says that's it right there and he does it on purpose because the big things we focus on i mean the, you do you focus on the big things how much money you gave how you know, how much time you spent um and and we do focus on the religious things right and, and one of the things in in life that we always we have a ten- tendency of doing is to say time spent in church, time spent doing churchy things, that's the good and God-pleasing stuff, right? I'm finally serving the Lord. I'm finally serving the Lord. And everything else then gets gets relegated to not not that. And And I think there is something to be said that the Lord has graciously taken from your mind these little things that he gives for you to do that are good and God-pleasing and as Christians are to your credit um, because of Christ, and you look at them and they're like, they're simple. Yeah, they are. Uh, and so there's maybe something to be said about that. And, and I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I guess I never thought of it that way, uh, that, 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 you know, we don't remember them and they're asking the question, when did we do it? 
you know, that there's Remember that. Remember, we like you, and that we looked at others and said, "Here, here's a need, and let let me provide for you," which is what God does. That God lo- is always flowing from Him, taking care of the world. I was just thinking of this with uh, my confirmation kids because we were talking about the image of God, the righteousness and sureness sure. of God, and how God is always doing this from His own very nature, doing all of these good things for others, and how this is how He created Adam and Eve to be: is to be righteous and to be thinking of others first, and then. And then in all of that, and in all of these uh, statements, it's always about us doing something for somebody else. And perhaps God does hide that from us that we don't see just how much we reveal about God in the in the ordinary, ordinary, quote unquote, the everyday actions that we do, that we do in faith. Um, I'm God has called me to be a father, so I'm going to do this. God has called me to be a mother. I'm going to do this thing for these children that God has placed under my care it doesn't seem like it's it's not changing the world, but it's what God, I am demonstrating to that little child, I'm demonstrating uh, to my family what it means to be like God in righteousness, which is thinking of others first rather than the other way around. Well, and and is that not maybe uh, um, kind of a clear indicator of what is first and foremost on our Lord's mind, that, that it's not the great and glorious things all the time, it's not the... It's not the world-changing events that the that the Lord concerns Himself with, although He does concern Himself with it. Um, but it is the how am I interacting with my people? How are my people interacting with each other? And how how is my grace being given to the individual lives of the people in in that I've placed for them to serve? Um, I mean, this is really the definition of vocation. And really, when he he's wrapping this, I mean, he's saying he's saying. You you served me where you were planted. Where I put you, you did. You did what I placed in front of you to do, um, and this was good. And and I did all the work. I did all the heavy lifting. I did all the pre-planning. I even gave you the desire and the want to do these things, and and, and it's proven out when you ask, when did we? <laughs> because you just did. Um, and and that's there's a beauty to that. But then you have the opposite, right? And, and that's ready for the opposite? Are you ready for the goats? You know, I don't have a really strong feeling about goats because with goats, it's just meh. <laughs> I'll give you that one. I got one more. I, I'll give you that one. <laughs> I got one more. Although, what was it? The uh, um, they go bah. <laughs> no, like no, <laughs> no. It was the the um, the emotes movie that DreamWorks came out. Remember that one, where where um. He came from the family of meh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's what that's that's what All I got right, thinking about. No, you I, you I'm led not us astray. Sorry, actually, <laughs> I, I keep saying those words. Yes, I you're not save sorry. Them for wet time, so I'm actually sorry. Yeah. Well, when is that? <laughs> A lot. A lot. <clears throat> so coming coming back to the text, we'll, we're going to go right to the end of the text. Uh, it 41, ends at verse yeah. 46. So 41 through 46. Uh, then he will say to those on his left, so now we're focusing on the left for the first time, uh, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire, which is prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you did not give me food to eat. I was thirsty, and you did not give me anything to drink. Uh, I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me, lacking clothes, and you did not clothe me, sick and in prison, and you did not take care of me. Then they will also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or lacking clothes, or sick, or in prison, or uh, and did not serve you? At that time he will answer them, Amen, I tell you. Just as you did not do it for one of the least of these, you did not do it for me. And they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. This passage is what we use, uh, verse 41 for sure, is what we use to uh, to dispel the, uh, who was the one who wrote about uh, uh, Dante's Inferno, where the devil is better to rule in heaven and hell than to be a servant in heaven. Um, that whole concept of the devil like ruling over hell, like that's his his place, his domain. Uh, it's a bi- Bible passage we use in reference to the fact that hell was actually created for the devil and his angels. And the, the fact that the human race is there is just um, it's because of what history has, has uh, 
brought into being because of the fall into sin. Well, yeah, the fact that the human race is there is just is just frosting on the cake, right? <laughs> no, actually, uh, and, and I think this verse is actually uh, a really good idea of and gives us a very clear indication of hell. Hell is the perfect punishment. Um, I think sometimes we, uh, when we, and I don't know how you approach the teaching of hell in confirmation class. Um, I would love to say that we are very consistent in this way in the wells, but we're not. Um, and uh, <clears throat> there are many people that you will hear when you talk about hell, even in the wells, and they'll say, hell is the absence of God, which... It's a shortcut. <laughs> it's the shortcut to try to, to, try to, to explain what hell is without really explaining what hell is. The, the fact of the matter is, God is omnipresent. He is there everywhere. He is everywhere. He is also in hell. But what is not in hell is his grace, his mercy, um, and, and his blessings. What you have is his punishment. And, and so his justice, his punishment, his wrath is in hell. God is in hell, but that is the portion of his face that you see. Um, and so when we, when we think about this, and, and I, I come back, and then I look at this, and, and we're like, okay, well, is hell then a place, or is it just like a, a, a state of being? Well, it's a place. It's the place where God's wrath always is. And it is the perfect punishment. And, and when I talk about it, I'm like, you know, in the very beginning, when God created everything. He created heaven. He created earth. He created hell in the beginning. And they're all like, how could he create hell in the beginning? Because it's the perfect punishment. <laughs> Just like every, he looked at everything. He said, this is good. <laughs> it's the perfect punishment. Now, does he desire anybody to be there? No. But, but that doesn't take away from it being the perfect punishment. Um, and, and when the angels fell and they were solidified in in their standing, those in heaven stay and those in he- in, uh, who had fallen stay fallen. Hell became their their place. You are now in the wrath of God. Um, you see the fear of the demons when Jesus walks uh, upon the earth. We know who you are, Son of God. What do you want to do with us? What have you to do with us? Um, yeah, it's not, not yet our time. They're not referring referring to Jesus in terms of his providence or care because that they don't know anything about that. Exactly. It's only his wrath and his judgment. It, what do you want with us? What are you going to do with us next? Right. And, and w- it's not our time yet. It's not our time to be stuck there. And, and so when he brings this around and he's now saying, okay, you know, there is a, there is real ramifications for the choices that you've made in life. And, and I'm not please, dear listener, I'm not saying you get to choose to believe in Jesus. You get to choose to come to faith. I'm not saying that. But I am saying that, that in your life of sanctification, right, in the, in, in the life that you live that has been given back to you because of the work of Christ on your behalf, because of the work of the Spirit through the means of grace, his word, um, his sacraments, you can, with this horrendous and horrible power, reject it all. And, and if you live your life looking through every little thing saying, is this one going to be good and God-pleasing? Uh, I'll do that. And uh, I don't have to worry about this one. Or if you are always looking for the big and grandiose thing to point to to say, look at what I did to all of a sudden gain yourself some credit, this, you, you have turned your back on what it is that God has given to you, which is very simply everything. And you've tried to claim it for yourself. And there, are ramif- there is a ramification for it. I do like in the book that we're, I agree with everything you said. Uh, I, do I know, like the, the validation today is amazing. <laughs> yeah, we, we Dear <laughs> listener, this just put it on, reco- on loop. Well, I agree well, with everything well, you said. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I didn't agree with everything you've said at this podcast, but I have agreed with no, everything. No, not you, you didn't say it. <laughs> You said everything. You said it. You said everything. So it's, when it comes to the sweaters fault. and everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> so uh, one of the, in the book that we uh, were reading for Scandalous Story, the insight that I appreciated was um, the response of the goats and how they mirrored the response of the believers except for at the very, very end when they said, uh, and did not serve you. What do you, as dear listener, as you hear those words, did not serve you, what do you, what do you hear in that? You hear people who thought they could do enough. They thought they were served. They, this is the, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not drive out demons? Didn't we do all of these things? These are people who 
um, had the Lord on their lips, maybe he had it in their in their minds, but in their hearts, it was all about what they did for the for their Savior rather than what their Savior did for them. That is what truly is going to separate the sheep from the goats is whether is their reliance on what gets them into heaven. Is it their works or is it Christ's works? And and it seems so stupidly simple, but that's the scandal, right? That that's the scandal. Um, it's not fair. It's not fair. I did, you know, if you would have given me a list of who it is that you wanted me to serve, I would have done it. Yeah. All you had to do is just give me the list. (laughs) Right? It's back to the garden. The woman you put here, God, it was the serpent deceived me, and I'll let you figure out where that serpent came from. It's always blaming God. God, if you, it's your fault that, uh, yeah, like you said, it's not fair, God. If you had just made it fair, I could have played by the rules. Right. Well, and th- and that's the you know that's and you hear this all the time. Um, you hear this from people who say God would never give us laws that we couldn't co- that we couldn't keep, right? Uh, I don't know if you've heard that being discussed. I I've, I've heard that discussed numerous times where they look at the law and they say I should be able to do that. They look at God's perfect law. Let's just let's just keep it to the Ten Commandments, the moral law, and they say, well, God wouldn't have given me those things if I couldn't keep it. And I and I look at that and I'm like. That's not how that works. And they're like, well, that wouldn't be a good that wouldn't be a good God if they if he wouldn't give us something that we could do. And I'm like, no, that's that's not how that works. There's a standard whether you can match it or not. I mean, it's just like the credit card company. The credit card company will give you a credit card, right? They don't give you a credit card and say, Well, you know, um, we only think you can pay back this amount of money. And so we're only going to give you that amount of money that you can put on your credit card. They don't care. So if they give you $10,000, but you only can pay back $2,000, but you spend $10,000, they don't, they don't care that you can't pay it back. They don't care that you don't have that capability. You are now at fault because you didn't pay it back. They, can, they set the standard because they're the ones that control it. God sets the standard. God sets the standard. He says, as you've been saying through the whole entire podcast, be perfect. Be holy. Do these things. And then, and then when we look and those on the right say, I can't, I haven't, when did I? And he said, every time I place something into your way with my strength and with, with, with the love that I placed into your heart, you did them. And you did them for the least of these without any reward, without any thought. You just did it. It flowed from, from the faith that you had in me and the total reliance that I am in control of all things. Well done, good and faithful servant. Come into what you've now inherited. And for the people on the left, they're saying, it's not fair. If I had a list and I knew which ones were yours, I would have done it for them. And they would have said, and I would have even done even more for them just to show you how good I was. And the Lord is saying, that's not the point. The point wasn't for you to do only the things that you thought were good and right and that would give you points, but it was to live in the kingdom that I had given back to you in the reliance that I am still giving. And there is a, there's, there's a, a, the, the scandal that, Resting on myself and and not resting on, on myself. I like what you were saying. It is very sad. I agree with you. Not everything. Not in I, everything. I yeah. But I'm in this. Learning. I'm learning, Will. But in I'm this, I agree with you. I watch my words very carefully. <laughs> so. Uh, I, think, I think the Spirit spoke through <laughs> Paul in warning that. Watch your words and doctrine closely. <laughs> closely. Um. Because I, there are those getting back to my point. <laughs> itchy ears. <laughs> <laughs> getting back to my point. Just the how sad it is to think about that there's gonna be so much anger on Judgment Day where you would think, you know, every knee will bow that finally the unbelievers are going to be hanging their head in shame. But there's anger here. Uh did not serve you. God, it's not fair. They're shaking their fist at God. That is the that is at the core of every of the unbelief. That's the core of Satan. In Job, God, it's not fair. You put this hedge around Job. This is it's all your fault, God, because you're whatever right. it is. They're they're still trying to play God, even on Judgment Day, that they're better than God is. Like we, if we were in charge, we would have had this different. We would have done things differently. Um, there would have been a different standard. There would have been a different standard, yeah. right? So there's that. There's I guess I'm just. Um, reflecting on the sadness of at the end of all things, because sometimes I, I, you think about how, how relieved you'll be on the to be on the right side because of what Jesus has done. How undeserving you are to be on the right side because of what um, because of the standard God puts 
in front of us, but then also th- the realization of what that anger and that um, unbelief is something that God had to overcome in me too. And there is nothing that's going to overcome that. There's no, it is not just that um, if people just would understand God's word that they would sometimes come around, that there is a, a, a force that is working against God, that the spiritual, think of the, the, the mankind who is in rebellion against God, is a strong, angry force that is inside of each one of us. And at the end of all things, the perfect result of that strong, angry force is hell. And so sometimes when we, we, uh, we, we think about we're so saturated in the providence of God and the grace of God that it's hard for us to understand, like you were saying, like the bigger picture that God sometimes spares us from is the, the reality of the rebellion against God is a, is a very strong thing that only can be overcome by the work of the Spirit using you know, such a scandalous thing such as the Word of God and water in baptism and, and yeah. so on and so forth. And, and I, you know, just um, to, to kind of reinforce that a little bit, even, even in Christians— even in even in lifelong Christians who have studied the scriptures, who have grown in God's grace, who recognize it is God's will and want and desire that is in us, His strength, they wrestle with that. They 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 wrestle with the this this tension of but I have to and I should and I did, um, as opposed to done in Christ. It it never leaves us alone. It never leaves us alone. And and you're absolutely right. That becomes that tension. Um, that makes this, uh, and it's so counter to our way of thinking um, because the world is all you did so you should get a reward. Um, you participated in so you should get a cut. Um, and, and the Lord doesn't, doesn't do that. Um, the, Lord, the Lord, he flips everything up on end and, and kind of changes the script a little bit. Um, it reminds us what the script always was, which was perfection. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the script always was perfect. You guys keep trying to want to change it and try to rewind it to make to make it because you you are all trying to play God over the centuries. The, the script was was written already already back. I then did this the already. I did this already. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going back to that. Uh, wait a second. Come back here. <laughs> Come back. Here. Perfection yeah. is what is yeah is demanded yeah. of us in that. Well, and then and then of course you know how it how you know the the final epitaph there in, in verse forty six right and and there's the there there's a finality to it right there is and, and a couple of things that I underlined in my own scripture as I was thinking about it is and, and they will go there's no choice they will go there's like there's a finality to the and it's not just the the bad it's the good the the bad and the good, they will go to where God has assigned them. And then you have those, those things to me that just ring in my head over and over as um, for me a good but for them a bad and I, and I feel bad for the bad, which is eternal. Eternal punishment, eternal glory, eternal righteousness or eternal life. Um, that is a, that, that we struggle with the concept of eternal. We struggle with the concept of eternity. Um, but, but I struggle even, you know, thinking of just trying to understand eternal life won for me by Christ is hard to understand. I can't even begin to fathom what eternal punishment is. I, I mean, I, I just, punishment in any way, I mean, just, it hurts. we're so saturated in grace. We're so saturated in it. It's everywhere. Yeah. That you know, punishment always has a limit, and then we're done. And um, that's why the Jehovah Witnesses have a really tough time with it, eternity, because the, they're so saturated with grace and forgiveness that we serve our time, and then it's it's done. We just don't understand that there there really is no solution to this rebellion against God. You're always going to be in rebellion against God, and God's going to going to always be fighting against those because He is right and pure and good, and that means He is just. That means that um, his way is right. And you have a sinful nature that is saying its way is right. And there is no there is no resolution to that. There is only one winning and the other losing. And if the one has to win, the one always has to lose, always has to lose for an eternity. And that's a hard thing for us to comprehend because we, we want a time frame. Um, we want that 
that end point. And the Lord says, there's no end point. This is, this is what is deserved. This is what you get. Once the hammer comes down, the hammer comes down. So is there joy here as we, we kind of close out the show? Give us some joy. I mean, we got the perfection of the Lord. We've got all of this. we got all of this to do. Do this. Don't do that. Um, you've done this. You didn't do that. Give us some joy. Lead I, us out with some joy. I, okay. Thank you. Challenge accepted. All right. Um, I'll even change the camera for you, so you're right now, on there. Uh, God is in the business of making goats into sheep. Uh, so we think of the, as we're talking about the eternal separation of the sheep and the goats, we are also reminded that God, through his word, is separating us from what was us by nature. But we were by nature goats. We were by nature shaking our fists at God. God, you're not fair. God, if you only give me a list of things to do, I'll do them. And God, in his grace, saying to you, you can't do enough. Um, instead, I'm going to send my son, Jesus, who's going to do, do it all for you. And then I'm going to give all that credit to you. Yeah, I'm going to make you a sheep. Uh, not something that you were by nature, but something that you are because of Christ and what he has done. And so now, dear Christian, live as the sheep that God has called you to be. Live as the one who uh, Jesus will um, rescue on the last day. have